Sunday, I want to read a few words from Jesus from John. We'll be in John 15 and say a few brief words about it. The Spirit here is called the Advocate, John 15, starting at 26. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said these things to you to keep you from stumbling. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, an hour is coming when those who kill you will think that by doing so they are offering worship to God. And they will do this because they have not known the Father or me. But I have said these things to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you about them. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. These words of Jesus are from the farewell discourse As Jesus is getting ready to be arrested, he wants to give a last teaching to his disciples so that they can remember what he has said in his absence. The disciples, of course, are sad, but Jesus is trying to encourage them by giving them good news that one is coming who will help them more than he could. In this teaching, Jesus speaks a few times about the Holy Spirit, but we know it's complicated for them. Because they've never experienced anything like this. They couldn't know until later what an amazing gift he was giving them. Now we know the Holy Spirit has many roles. We have greater knowledge than the disciples did at this moment. But before we think of the Spirit as the one who gives gifts or bears fruit, Jesus wants us to understand him as the advocate. This is one of the most complete teachings in the scripture about the Holy Spirit and how the Trinity works. And here's one way that I read what Jesus is saying. The Holy Spirit is a constant source and living reminder of God's perfect presence in a broken world who actively pursues all people to know him and live in his holiness and truth. I really like the word advocate here that Jesus uses. We know that an advocate is someone who comes alongside others because they have wisdom or they have experience to bring necessary help. Sometimes an advocate will defend a person against their enemies. 
And sometimes an advocate will turn the tables and fearlessly face opponents with skilled arguments. In both actions, defensive and offensive, the advocate strengthens the one being helped, equipping them for how to live, giving them tools for how to be bold. Jesus, in his earthly body, was bound by space and time. But the Spirit has infinite, limitless opportunities. Everywhere a believer goes, the Spirit of God goes with them, guiding and caring for them. In this scripture, Jesus tells us how. The Spirit does this advocacy work, and I want to briefly examine them with you. The first action that Jesus says is found in 1526, and he said the Spirit is to testify on behalf of Jesus. Jesus calls him the Spirit of truth, and truth is a major theme in the Gospel of John. The Spirit is the first one, the primary one, who gives witness of Jesus Before anyone else, the Spirit goes before and faithfully gives an accurate picture of the Messiah. Think about it. We know Jesus because of the work of the Advocate. The disciples knew him in the flesh, but we trust him because of how the Holy Spirit has revealed Jesus to us. People who know God know that his spirit is roaming over every nook and cranny. That's why I love this video. That the Holy Spirit goes into dark places, bringing color, helping life to flourish, illuminating people's souls with his very fire. That's why the witness of Jesus is consistent throughout generations. That the spirit moves in ways that we know God through scripture and experience, and church tradition, and reason. The work of the Spirit is the same because he is the same. To testify is legal language. If you are called to testify in a court of law, you swear by all that you know is holy that what you are going to say is the absolute truth. And no matter what an angry or devious prosecutor says, The one who tells the truth does so without wavering. So the advocate comes and says what he knows, that every single person is deeply loved by God and needs the forgiveness that Jesus died to give. And then that witness gives strength to our witness that we are never alone when we go and share Jesus. Someone has been there before us. And when we leave, someone is going to come and continue that truth in the hearts and minds of that person. In the Gospels, Jesus is the revelation of God to the Father. And Jesus says, it's better for you if I go away. The advocate's going to come. He is going to help you. He is going to continue the work. This is how the gospel spreads. The next action Jesus says is that the Spirit will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment, found in 16.8. The wording of the NRSV says he will prove the world wrong. It's kind of a difficult word for us to know in English. One good way to say it is convict. Again, it's another cross-examining a witness kind of word, isn't it? The advocate's job is to keep the purity 
of God's character always in front of a sinful people so that we can understand how far we miss the mark. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot stay clear of sin. We need help. How do you know what is right or wrong? Why do we feel remorse when we have sinned? How do people know there is something bigger than themselves? How can people in every nation around the world find salvation in a rabbi who was put to death 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem? Where does the power to heal come from? Who is the one that brings transformation? Who is the one that calls us to be witnesses and to be baptized in his name? Who takes our pain? Helping us to forgive the Holy Spirit. Another good word that gets at this idea in a different kind of way is expose. One of the first people I led to the Lord asked a lot of questions. I can't remember all of them, but I remember the last one. She said, are you saying that I'm a sinner? Now, at that moment, I almost caved. No, nope, me? No, you're good. Uh Uh-uh. Nope, I was just kidding. Let's go get a Coke. Nope. The Holy Spirit gave me the courage to say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're a sinner, and I'm a sinner, and all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. You see, in that moment, she was exposed, and it was raw, and it was vulnerable, The Holy Spirit exposes how wrong the world is about sin, righteousness, and judgment. And it's not very popular because we're broken, sinful, rebellious people. And we want to live with no accountability. We want to live like we want to live. We don't want to be shown to be sinners. Most of us want to be liked and respected and seen as an authority or someone who's not bound by the constraints of religion. We want to define what is sin and what is not. We want to be the standard of righteousness for everyone around us. We want to say, yeah, there's no real final judgment. God loves everybody. You see, the Spirit guards the integrity and the holiness and the truth of God. And he confronts the world with a force that will never be extinguished, has never been extinguished. And what he wants is surrender, surrender of our hearts and minds. You see, there's a choice. We can say yes or no to God, but it is not a choice to adopt God's character and work in the world to something that we want it to be. The world doesn't want to be put on notice. And as the time gets closer for Jesus to come again, we know that the opposition is going to get greater. We already see it happening. It's going to get worse. And then that is the opportunity for God's people to give more truth, to give more love, to offer more of God to the world around us so then we can welcome newcomers into his family. Jesus said the church is going to do greater work. You're going to do greater work as my followers than I could do. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Next, Jesus says that the advocate will guide believers into all truth. The world needs correction, so does the church. What a grace of God that we don't have to figure it all out on our own. 
Now, God reveals his plans and process, and his disciples here don't really understand. But verse 13, I read that God's work is never stagnant. We don't come to Pentecost as just a day on the church calendar. We come to Pentecost believing that we look forward to what he will do, that the best days are in front of us, not behind us, that one glorious day we will see him face to face. The person of the Holy Spirit reveals God's truth. We don't learn from a book or from another person. We learn from a living advocate who is among his people when we gather in the name of Jesus. And God gives us truth that we can take in as we are able. Like a good parent or a teacher, he doesn't overwhelm us with too much at once. He tells the disciples, I'm going to stop right here. I'm not going to tell you more. You're going to know when you need to know. And so God graciously shows us how it is that we can learn. But also, I want us to keep learning. We should never get stagnant in our faith. Saying, yeah, I got it. I know it. Forgiveness, Jesus, heaven, yeah, click. That's not God's will for us. God wants us to keep growing and changing because he is astounding in his glory and intellect and wisdom and majesty. And we are just children compared to him. And God has so much more to lead us into. That's why I love Carrie's responding to God and growing in that way. All of us, all of us can be doing that because he wants us to be available for the huge needs of the world with his life-changing truth and his life-giving compassion. Lastly, in verse 13, Jesus says that the Spirit will speak. The Spirit will speak what he hears because he is one with the Father and the Son. Have you ever tried to explain the Trinity? It's not easy. It really actually can't be done. There's so much we don't get about how the Godhead exists and functions together. But at Pentecost, we rejoice in these words because we know that there is intention and consistency and fellowship and working together and prophetic declaration between the Father and the Son and the Spirit that they work in perfect tandem to help God's people in every time and place. When we read the arc of Scripture, we see how each person of the Trinity gets closer progressively to humanity. In the Old Testament, we see the Creator who spoke to prophets and to various leaders so that people would know him through the law. In the Gospels, Jesus is born and we have Emmanuel, God with us. And at Pentecost, the Spirit is released on the church. Now God indwells every person. We have direct access to the Holy of Holies. The Advocate continues to make it possible for the church to know the will and heart of God. Jesus continues to speak. The same voice that, called the, that calmed the waves and spoke the world into being calls us by name. We have uninterrupted life through his spirit. When we read about Pentecost in Acts 2, we see the fulfillment of everything Jesus is talking about in this passage. Peter testifies about Jesus. People are convicted of their sin. 
New believers are guided to share everything in common. The church is enlivened by God's declaration and prophetic word. All of these happen by the power of the Spirit after Jesus leaves, bringing life to all who would come. Pentecost is not simply remembering what happened in Acts. It is acknowledging and welcoming and celebrating how the advocate is actively working in the church today. It is looking back so we can move forward, being the people who have the presence of the Almighty in us. The world needs to know him. How do you know the Spirit is alive in your life? Where do you see evidence of him testifying and convicting, of guiding and speaking? I want us to pray that the Advocate would give us courage to live in these days. May we welcome his spirit to flow through us in such a way that the world can hear and respond to his voice until he comes again. And there is no distance at all between us. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.